What's up, everybody? Welcome back to In My Non-Expert Opinion. This is your host, Chelsea Reif, and wow, I mean, welcome back. I have accidentally taken a one-month break. It was not planned. It was not in my content calendar. I had episodes lined up. I have guest episodes in the bank. Like, this just was not planned at all. So truly, welcome back. Thank you so much for allowing me this space and not breathing down my neck of like, where's your next piece of content? I think that's the biggest thing that I appreciate about my listeners and my community is that I never feel like I have to put out content for the sake of like being a circus monkey of like, well, look what I can do and look what I can do. And here's another piece of content because that's just not how I operate. So yeah, this break, like I said, was pretty much a hiatus that was just not planned at all. And if you've been listening and you've been wondering like what the hell is going on, where are her episodes? I'm going to talk about that today. So I rented a podcast studio in Medellin, Colombia. I have it for the next four hours. So I'm going to be knocking out a ton of content right now. And I think the first thing I really want to talk to you about is the act of taking a step back and reassessing what's working and not working and using different strategies and methods, including astrology and human design, to re-strategize your business. This is something I've realized in the last three months that I can oscillate between like extremely masculine strategies that are just like build this funnel and do this and follow this process and that's amazing and that's what's gotten me to where I am today. I will never ever discredit those things. But there's also a side of me that has dismissed the more esoteric and spiritual aspects of my business, including my business's birth chart, my own human design. I'm a 6'2 reflector. Like I am truly a different person every single day. And I started to think about why don't I strategize my business to align with those things versus just quarterly planning, yearly planning, seasonal planning, so on and so forth. And by the way, this is a really hard process if you had any type of corporate job with very strict guidelines and structure and rules, etc. A lot of those things, again, help me excel. But I think what I've done is made the mistake of trying to almost carbon copy that model into my own business. And here's the thing, some of it has worked and it's definitely helped. And some of it is just like, that's not the way that I wanna run my world or my business. I remember seeing two different quotes. One was from a book that I'm totally blanking on, but when I find it, I'll plug it in the show notes. And it was like, your business gets to be the world that you wanna live in. So if I wanna live in a world where I'm not expecting people to put out content like circus monkeys every single day on 45 platforms, and people that actually take breaks, like go on vacation without a laptop and don't check their email, or people that don't work on Fridays and Saturdays and Sundays, or living in a world where if someone's sick or heartbroken or having a bad day, that they don't feel the pressure to open their laptop and work from their bed and hopefully power through it. So when I really, really zoomed out and started thinking about, well, what would my world look like? It definitely wasn't the way that things were going. A lot of this was prompted by a growth spurt that I had in my business too, which I'll talk about in another solo episode. I already outlined a whole thing of how I changed my model around to basically like double my income. So stay tuned for that. But this growth spurt really pushed me to my edges to see where I had some blind spots, specifically with systems and onboarding and just like energy management. So what I mean by that is I've done a pretty good job in the last two years of figuring out when my energy works best, like when I can do client calls. I don't do best when I have back-to-back-to-backs. I don't work nine to five doing client calls. And I very specifically have Fridays off and Mondays off from calls. So that was working for me for a very long time and it still is pretty much how I set up my week. By the way, I talked a lot about this in the episode that was titled Productivity and Organization Tips for Chaotic Creatives. So definitely go back and check that one out so you can see how I set up my week. But basically, as soon as I had this growth spurt in business, I onboarded all these new one-on-one clients. I was launching a mastermind. I sold a VIP day. I had all these 60-minute consults on top of podcasting, traveling, trying to meet new people, going to therapy, trying to be a good human being and daughter and friend, sister, so on and so forth, right? With all this chaos going on, I was like, I need to restructure my days or my business or something. So this is when I started to really look at human design and astrology. If you're unfamiliar with human design, 
is basically a blueprint of how your soul is meant to show up in the world. I am a 6'2 reflector. If you know anything about human design and reflectors, we are the chameleons. We are less than 1% of the population. We are constantly changing. Like we pretty much just don't make sense and don't fit into boxes. We feel like a different person every day. Environment is really important to us. Like how we process and digest information takes a bit longer. And so I started thinking for a second, I'm like, well, why did this block happen? Because I've been traveling for a very long time and I've always made podcasting work. I have recorded in like the top bunk beds of hostels. I've asked people if I could use their living room. I've booked random co-working spaces and phone booths. Like I've always made it work and I'm pretty resourceful. So I was trying to really do some reflection of like, what was the reason for you pausing not only the podcast, but like the newsletter and kind of taking a step back from posting things in social media. And I think it really was because I was not listening to my energy or my human design. What I know for sure about myself as a reflector and just as a human being is environment is everything to me, literally everything. That is why I had such a hard time living in lockdown in Germany. I mean, by the way, I think anyone would have, but beyond the lockdown, I was just like, yeah, this is not my place. I noticed where I would work and how I would work would be totally affected by what was truly surrounding me. Like based on the cafe I was at or the co-working space and the vibes, like I do get really affected by that. So where I was living in Cape Town was this co-living slash co-working space called Neighborgood. Shout out, they're incredible. Uh, but the rooms are really tiny. They had an amazing courtyard. They had a pool. They had this cafe. It was awesome. But I usually, when I'm traveling, record podcasts in my room. And because the room was tiny, all my stuff was like not appropriately packed away in certain places because I just didn't have room. So it was like all my purses were on the desk where I should have been working. I had my shoes lined up against the tiny space that I had on the wall and I don't even have that many shoes. It was just one of those things where you looked around and you're like, this is just not a vibe to record in. So that was something I realized when I, again, leaned into my human design that I really need my environment. I don't need it to be perfect, but I at least need it to be inspiring and like set up for what I'm trying to do. I'll also say that I think I let a lot of perfectionism start to get hold of me. I got really overwhelmed by the 2023 vision boards and goals and years in reviews and in and out list and trend spotting and all these things going on that I was kind of like, I think I just shut down a little bit. I was like, I don't want to put any content out just for the sake of putting content out. And I also, on top of that, know that my digital nomad lifestyle really affected this. Because when you're a digital nomad, your community constantly changes. So your friend group changes, who you're with changes, like who you spend time with literally on a weekly basis can change. And I had this really solid group of friends in Cape Town that I was like, I am going to try to squeeze the most out of these friendships as I can. Like, I don't want to be always so detached from meeting people or connecting with people. And my goal in life is to prioritize making a big, colorful life. And having such a zesty, bright, full, vibrant, constantly inspiring and expansive point of view on things that that started to lead my decisions. So this is where my human design kicked in a little bit again, where reflectors need 28 days, which is a whole lunar cycle, to really think through a big decision. So obviously, when you hear that, you might be like, 28 days, what the fuck? Like, I'm not waiting 28 days for anything. It's obviously not waiting 28 days to figure out if you should buy that pair of shoes or get back to that email that's pretty urgent. Like, it's more for me of making big decisions that I'll probably be doing 3, 6, 12 months from now. And one of those was podcasting and my newsletter and social media. So when I thought about this group of friends and like what I want to do with them, which was explore Cape Town, travel, have fun, eat, drink, have incredible conversations, and then be able to share that on the podcast. It's like, well, then I need to make space to actually do those things, right? I can't talk about lifestyle and travel and connecting with people if I'm not actually doing any of those things. I can't talk about trying to create partnerships or friendships with people if I'm not actively trying to create a partnership or friendships with people. I can't talk about the ups and downs of digital nomad lifestyle and traveling if I'm not getting out there and exploring and traveling. So my strategy started to become like live life first, reflect on those lessons and digest through the lunar cycle that I have as a reflector and then share them. 
And I think what's interesting is I actually stopped recording around late January and then the Pisces new moon came in and then I had all this clarity of what I wanted to do and now I'm recording pretty much a month later. So I just started to take note of that information of like, what did I learn in that month? What felt good? What didn't feel good? And how can we keep applying this type of strategy to your work without being so, um, I don't know what the word is, like the word that comes to me is invisible, but I don't like that word. It's more of just like, I think everyone has this fear that if you stop posting content, you're just going to go out of business and bankrupt and everyone's going to stop following you or listening to you. So this was also a lesson in self-trust and being like, your content is actually going to come back so much more thoughtful and impactful and better if you give yourself this season to actually rest and digest. What's interesting is a lot of women actually do this. Kate Northrup wrote a whole book called Do Less, where you use your cycles, whether that's lunar, seasonal, or menstrual, to actually run your business. So when I started thinking about that, I was like, Again, if I was thinking of my utopia of a world, the reason I created a business was so that I didn't have to stay within the structures of what I was doing before and create my own lifestyle. So if I was thinking about that, it was like, I would have a month off to actually rest and digest and process things. I would work in seasons. I would actually put out content when I felt like putting it out, not just because I had an editorial calendar that said to spit out content three times a day on five different platforms. That's just not how I work. Gary V's content, that whole strategy that doesn't work for me. And I trust myself that whatever I'm doing is going to land with the people it needs to land with. For example, if someone is expecting me to post 15 times a day with a weekly newsletter, two podcast episodes a week, and constantly showing up on TikTok, Instagram stories, and reels, it's like that person and I just wouldn't vibe anyway, because that person would have way too many expectations of me that I wouldn't be able to deliver on. Now, On the flip side of that, there was a very real fear that I just told you about that I'm like, I'm literally going to like lose my business. (laughs) I am going to lose clients. My listenership is going to dip. Where am I going to find all these people? And I had to go back to evidence of where do I find my clients? And it is never, ever, ever from Instagram. I think one client out of the whatever many I've had, like 70, has found me on Instagram and said that they actually booked me because of what they saw on Instagram. Everything else I have The data I have is from my one-on-one applications where people tell me that they found me on my podcast from listening to me on another podcast or guest speaking in someone's membership or mastermind. So now I know, and again, I have this data on hand that I can track, that all my eggs should not be put in one basket. It really should be like 85% focused on those strategies I just told you about with maybe like 10 to 15% on social media. So I had to kind of look at my business and do a business audit as if I wasn't myself. Being like, Chelsea, let's look at where your clients come from. Where do you get the most income? How did they find you? How easy was it to set that thing up? How easy was it to show up and present? And I'm like, all of it was pretty easy. And again, this is where human design comes in is like the whole reason we have these designs and we use astrology and we use all these esoteric concepts is to hopefully make life a little more easeful. We want our lives to be a little more flowy and not so like crunchy and stuck and rigid and chaotic. Like I imagine you do not want your weeks to feel crunchy and sticky and restrictive and contracting and like, oh my God, this is so stressful all the time. And that's what was happening for me is I was just stressed. I don't have the team to help me all the time. I don't have the bandwidth to be a constant content machine, whether that's mental, energetic, or financial. And again, nor do I want to be. My utopia of a world is where one where people are literally living their lives, not showing that they're living them with Instagram stories and reels and TikToks and blah, 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 but actually living them in a way that they feel very whole and complete and joyful. So when I started to operate with that as my North Star, I started waking up and prioritizing my friendships, my connections, my personal vitality over my business. And by the way, that is kind of a luxury. I'm definitely not going to lie about that, right? I have the capability to do that because I have built my business in a way where financially I can do that. So I'm going to talk about this in a second, but If you are struggling to make your dream life or schedule kick in, it's most likely because financially you can't 
make that happen. You kind of have to be working all the time because you probably have a model where you're trading time for money and you're undercharging but over delivering and you're like burnt out all the time. And then you're just like, well, I don't know what to do. I just have to work like 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. all the time every day until this business takes off. I think what I quickly learned, thank God, three years ago was I need to find financial stability first with one-on-ones or my high ticket offers so that it creates space for me to create the low ticket things like a free hour long podcast every week. So I had to become more resourced within myself and in my lifestyle, again, to be able to put out the intentional content that I want. So over the winter break, I worked with my business operations magical queen, Serene, I already told you about her, go check her out. She's literally my fairy godmother of my business right now. She helped me understand what my financial goals were, what I needed to sell, how many of them. And then I enlisted all those strategies that I know, guest speaking, guest podcasting, podcasting, newsletters, etc., to be able to attract my ideal clients. And it worked. And I got five new one-on-one clients within probably four weeks, which was pretty crazy because I was not posting like a full-on Instagram campaign. I wasn't posting daily on stories of like how to work with me and when and last minute urgency. I didn't have like a 20 email newsletter campaign going on. Um, That's not even a real sentence. (laughs) Basically, I didn't have to set up like a, a whole email sequence to get things going. I let it be easy and it was while I was living my life. That is a really hard concept to grasp, by the way. We think if it's too easy or we're not struggling or the weeks aren't stressful, that we are probably doing something wrong and that we're just like maybe behind, honestly. I remember thinking like if something's not challenging, then it probably means that I'm like way below the bar where I need to be because if it's too easy, then I'm again, it's like it's not feeling productive. This is definitely all rooted in what we all know to be American culture, specifically capitalism and the patriarchy and just working, working, working until you basically have 10 years left of your life to enjoy and die. And I was just like, I absolutely refuse to live that way. I actually don't even think that makes sense. Why would we work until we're 70 years old where our health is deteriorating both from a physical and mental standpoint, but then we probably don't even have the like same active zest for life to be like running around the world that we did when we were 20, 30 or 40 years old. Now, I also refuse to buy into this idea that you just become an old wrinkly bag of sand and you just are done living your life and you have nothing left to look forward to. I promise you I will still be traveling when I'm 70 years old. But what I mean is looking at life through the lens of I am just going to put my head down and work until I'm 60, 65, 70, and then I'll start to enjoy life. I don't even think that's possible because you've trained your brain and your nervous system and every part of you to work. So I think it would feel weird to all of a sudden stop working because you would feel guilty almost. You're like, wait, I should be online. I should be like reporting to someone. I should be doing something because we tie so much of our worth to what we do. So again, when I thought of, okay, Chelsea, let's say you had your dream life right now. What are all the things you would want to do before you die? And it would be to write a book. It would be to learn Spanish. It would be to live in as many places as possible and become like as many video game characters as possible, which I will talk about in another episode about archetype embodiment. It would be to just do really fucking cool things. Go to a surf camp. One of my clients just did that. And I was like, what? Why have I never heard of that? I want to go to a surf camp. I want to go to culinary school. I want to go to Berlin and go to the underground scene and see what it's like to go to a sex club. I want to go to Paris and get a chateau and be able to invite all my friends and have like an incredible weekend chilling by the pool, eating croissants. I want to go on a ski trip to the Alps and spray champagne at an opera ski cabin. Like that is how I started to look at my life is like, I want to do all those things. How can I work backwards and build my life there? And again, it was not constant output and constant content production just for the sake of it. So you're like, okay, great. What are you actually doing? Like one episode a month and what, like, what's the deal here? I have realized I am definitely going to re-strategize my podcast recordings and batch record 
which I normally batch record interviews, but I don't do solos because I pretty much like reflect on what's happening in those few weeks and then record. And I'm like, that's not working for me. That's a system that's broken and it doesn't feel good because it always feels last minute. So basically, through all the living of life that I've been doing, I've been collecting so many stories and feelings and emotions that I want to share. And so I'm definitely going to have a bunch of more solo episodes coming out. There's probably going to be less interviews. And I would love to start dropping either a monthly or weekly, depending on how I'm feeling, like a quick 10-minute mini episode where it's just a very direct tactical thing you can try to improve the quality of your life. And this is kind of where I want to bring you my new motto or my new like ethos of my business is that I truly don't give a shit about helping you hit 10k months, scale to six figures, scale to seven figures, call yourself a millionaire. I care about you creating a life full of leisure and vitality and a utopia that you are happy and excited to live in every day. That's truly what you're going to see in my marketing. That's why I don't lead with my numbers. That's why I don't market my numbers. That's why I don't share my numbers a lot because I'm like, I know it's going to attract a certain type of person that all we're ever going to be doing is looking at numbers, which are important, right? I'm not discounting that. Obviously, the reason I'm in Colombia is because I have the finances to live like this. But what I mean is that's not going to be my driving force to get you to work with me or persuade you that I'm actually good at what I do or make me look more credible. That is, again, I think a concept that we learned at work because the more money you make, the more important you were, the higher up you were, the more educated you seem, blah, blah, blah. When I go to Chelsea's Utopia, right, Planet Chelsea, we don't give a shit about that. That's why I fucking love going to Europe because no one asks you about your job. No one cares. No one cares how much money you make. This is also why I loved living in Australia. They could give less of a shit about work. All they care about is like waves and surfing and having fun and the sunshine. And I was just like, yeah, how can I adopt that mentality and bring it into my work and not only embody that, but market that to my clients. So if you want to work with me, and we're talking about podcasting and setting up systems for you, those are questions I'm going to ask you. Is like, what is your dream week or dream life? Let's work backwards from there. You don't have to do a weekly 60-minute episode. You don't have to do interviews all the time. You don't have to do anything you don't want to do. If it feels bad to record and batch record for five hours straight, then let's try a new system. And also, let's be strategic about how we can add more leisure into your life. How can we look at your calendar and start to break things up and say, okay, well, why are you taking on 20 one-on-one clients each week that's not designed to give you a life of leisure or vitality, at least not in my case? I want to be clear here. This could be where your human design says the opposite of me. I know manifesting generators that fucking thrive on having back-to-backs. They're like, I literally love what I do. I am so lit up by my client calls. Like, I can't get enough of it. It brings me so much energy to be. I'm back-to-back calls all day. I'm just excited all the time. And I'm like, amazing. So keep doing that. But for me, that wasn't working. What also wasn't working for me was trying to follow a very specific content strategy that aligned with all my launches and offers. And I know business coaches around the world are probably turning this off or throwing their phone out the window or like crumbling inside. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about that you don't have a strategy that aligns with your offers? Well, my business is a little meta, which I think is a pretty unique situation is that I have a podcast and I teach people how to podcast, right? That normally doesn't happen. Usually people have a different business that what they talk about in their content will drive them to that business. So it makes sense to have a very, very specific strategy of what you talk about so that people are like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I want to work with that person. What I started to do was get a little too into the weeds of like, how does this episode tie back to my business all the time? And that started to suffocate my creativity because I wasn't allowing the life that I was living again in Cape Town with all these amazing stories and friends and learning lessons. It like wasn't creating space for that to come through because I kept trying to think of like, okay, how can I talk about the best interview tips and body language and nonverbal communication and having the confidence to pitch your dream guest. By the way, I still love talking about those things, but I pretty much started to think that my podcast had to only be about that. And that's why I started to shut down. 
in January, when I had all those clients come through, I was in the middle of enrolling for a mastermind, which you probably didn't even see me post about on Instagram because I barely did because I was just so, again, going through all these growth spurts of enrolling people and trying these new strategies and rebranding and figuring out what the fuck was going on with all my content. And I realized, I'm like, well, why does the podcast feel constricting? I started to listen to my body more because I would be like, well, go record and tell people about Cape Town. Have your friends on that you met in Cape Town. Like, that would be so much fun. Do like a, a vlog style podcast where you bring people around and like interview people on the street, like make it fun. And I wasn't doing that. And so I started to listen to my body and I was like, yeah, every time I thought about whipping out the microphone and recording, it was like, uh, like nothing would come out. And then... I started to think about, well, what would feel exciting? What gets me lit up? And we have human design coming in here. Surprise and delight is how a reflector knows they're living in alignment. So I was like, okay, what would feel surprise? Well, it's hard to plan a surprise, right? For yourself, (laughs) it's not a surprise. So I was like, what could I do to like surprise myself or set up the conditions of my environment to surprise myself? And what would feel delightful? And then I was thinking back to, well, what the hell did I do before my business when I was posting weekly episodes for like three years without having any business to tie to? It was pure fun and creativity. And I was like, duh, that's it. You need to go back to having fun and not trying to make every single episode tie back to an offer all the time. And then this is where things really started to click. And I did surprise myself was like the way that I show up in my podcast and the way I operate my podcast. This is the product. So If I'm teaching you how to podcast and I have a podcast that I actually love doing every week and I get to talk about whatever the hell I want and I don't have to always back into very specific topics, then you would get the idea that, oh, she could do that for me too. Wait, yeah, I want to work with her. I started to realize that's what I need to do because that's what worked for me in the beginning. When my first course launched way back when I was doing mindset coaching, I was like, where the hell did all these clients come from? I had 20 people sign up for my first course. And they're like, oh, we've been listening to your podcast for three years. I'm like, yeah, but my podcast like didn't have a lot to do with mindset. For a while it did, but it was like talking about living in Australia and dealing with the pandemic and interviewing my chiropractor and a dating coach and my mom. It was such a like mystery bag of delights that I was talking about that made it fun. And I was excited to record every week because I was genuinely talking to people that I was like, these people are fucking cool and I would talk to them any day of the week in real life. Let me just air it on my podcast. Now, I'm not saying that that everyone I've interviewed on my podcast recently, I'm like, oh, didn't align. It was more so that I was being way too strategic of like, okay, well, we have mic drop coming up. So we're talking about launching a podcast. So I need to bring on someone that also does podcasting or can speak about public speaking or nonverbal communication. And by the way, like I said, I still think those people are important. I will have them on. But I also want to be able to talk about like how the fuck traveling's been, what it's like dating abroad, sex, talking to people about open relationships. Like so many things that I've been hearing in the last month are things that I've I haven't been able to talk about because I've been suppressing myself with trying to back everything into a specific cookie cutter strategy. And then I was like, well, wait a second, Chelsea, really think about this. If your favorite podcaster who's never actually talked about podcasting on their podcast, this sounds like a riddle, if they all of a sudden were like, hey, we're doing a workshop on how to have a successful podcast. Or I've said this before, if Alex Cooper was like, I'm gonna teach you how to interview she wouldn't all of a sudden start talking about interviewing on her podcast. You would just know she's a good interviewer because of how she freaking interviews on her podcast. So that's what I was like. I need to let my podcast speak for itself. I need to let my work speak for itself. And that's something that's been a really grounding force for me too is like, I just want to be so good at what I do that my work speaks for itself and I don't have to constantly be a parrot on social media or places that I don't really want to be on just for the sake of like growth. Growth for me is not always the goal. I told you this like 18 times on this podcast already, but leisure and white space in my calendar and having time to do the things I love, like those are my goals. Growing a business for the sake of growing a business doesn't really make sense to me because again, that's not the utopia of the world I want to live in. By the way, growth is unstable. (laughs) This is a whole other episode, but like, think about it this way. Think about a baby growing their teeth. 
it hurts. All of a sudden, they have to change what they're eating. They have to start dealing with this pain at night. They have to start chewing on different things. Like they're dealing with a whole new layer of teeth coming in. That's exactly what it's like in business. People think you grow and you're just like, oh, great. 10 new clients, five new clients, everything's the same. I'm like, no, there's growing pains. And you're like, oh shit, I have to update my systems. I need to make my contracts a little tighter. I need to be more strict with my payment plans or I need to be more flexible with my payments. Whatever the case is, there there are growing pains that are going to happen. So when you're constantly wishing and dreaming for growth, ask yourself why. Why would that be so important to you to have a bigger business full of more clients? Maybe you could have a business that's just five really solid one-on-one clients that pay you high ticket for a year-long program. You see one client a day, bada-bing, bada-boom, you're done. You get to go write a book. You go to learn a new language. You get to learn to surf. You go to culinary school. Now I'm just talking about myself. (laughs) But you see what I mean? Like, this is how I started to operate my business. And then the coolest thing happened I'm in so many amazing communities that I was just realizing were like online digital environments, right? Not everything in my human design, I believe this, needs to be a physical space like a cafe or co-working studio, etc. So I was auditing like what memberships am I in and what coaches am I investing in and what environments am I in online that could inspire me or surprise me or delight me filtering things through the human design that I have. And there's one membership I'm in, which is called Pretty Decent. It's by Lexi Merritt. She's incredible. She helped me with my mic drop sales page and the whole launch strategy last time I did it. And she has these things on Fridays called strategic intuition circles. And you basically go in there and brain dump and verbally process. And you tell people either I need feedback, I need advice, I just want affirmations or reassurance or a listening ear. And I love the space that she's created because You can tell there's very clear boundaries, but the boundaries are there to support us in our expansion. So I went to one recently and I was like, I just feel stuck. And it's a mix of perfectionism and overthinking and feeling uninspired and feeling like I'm being too hard on myself. And like, I don't love Instagram right now, but I love writing, but I haven't been writing and I haven't been putting out my newsletter. It was kind of like a mini mental breakdown (laughs) about my content. And the group was so incredible and they just offered me so many different insights what i came to for the conclusion of my newsletter was since i want to go live my life and then digest those things which again is what my human design says to do and kind of mull it over with a bunch of different people that's also part of being a reflector is like you sample people's auras and you talk things through with people and really let it like simmer through you that means for me that i'm going to go do that and then turn my newsletter into a monthly download That feels so good to me from a planning perspective because I can just follow the lunar cycle so I don't have to like figure out all these crazy dates and what works and what doesn't. It works for my energy because now the prompt for me is like go live your life and report back on how people can do the same. So it gives me actually more inspiration to continue with the ethos that I have now, which is like life and leisure first. So then when I thought about that, I was like, oh my God, that would be so much easier to write. That'd be more fun to write. It would be actually more impactful for you all and provide way more value because I've run it through a thought process, not a content calendar that just says, hey, every Friday you need to post. Now, I definitely want to add a caveat here is like, we live in a world where content is king and the market is saturated no matter which way you look at it and everyone's producing content all the time at lightning speed. And so, of course, me scaling back now to a monthly newsletter feels a bit weird, but I had to look at the evidence again of, well, you didn't have a newsletter when you first started your business. A newsletter came into my business like six or eight months in, and I had a full roster full of clients and I was fine. I also just took a whole month long break. I don't think I've sent a formal newsletter out in at least four or five weeks nothing has happened. If anything, my income has grown. So I had to use that evidence to hold on to. So I couldn't look to certain people as my examples because again, it just wasn't, it wasn't going to work. There's people that are listening right now that are like, whoa, Chelsea, not good advice. You definitely should put out a weekly newsletter. It keeps you visible. It keeps your audience engaged. It keeps them hooked, blah, 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 blah. This goes back to self-trust. I have to trust myself that I am making this decision knowing that it's not going to affect my numbers or my business and knowing that it is going to be more impactful 
the way I was doing my weekly newsletters before were like, here's the episode, here's a quote, here's some fun links, which worked, but it it just started to feel a little stale. And I'm like, I don't want to live in a world where I'm putting out stale content. Even if people love it, if I'm not excited about it, you are going to feel that. It's just going to feel robotic. The prompt for my newsletter is like, go have fucking fun and live a life that's full of vibrant energy and people and experiences and expansive conversations. Imagine that newsletter. Even talking about it right now, I'm more excited and you can probably hear it in my voice. So that's all to say, the newsletter is definitely going to move to a monthly cadence. The podcast, it's interesting because I'm talking about content output, like I'm scaling back. What's happening right now is because I'm cutting things out, I'm making space for more with the podcast. The podcast has always been my first love. I've always loved talking. I've always loved conversating. I've always loved talking to people and sharing with you guys what I'm learning. And I'm like, I need to cut something out. So what I'm doing is cutting out the weekly cadence so I can make room for more podcasting. And I'm also wildly scaling back on social media. I haven't 100% decided this, but it's between two options, which I'll just share with you guys because I kind of love to bring you behind the scenes. It's basically to delete my Instagram and go dark for like a whole month, like the month of March, and see what prompts come up and what insights I get. Because if I'm taking a whole month off of not scrolling and tapping and feeling the need to share, I just imagine that so much more is going to come through for the podcast and newsletter. So that's option one. Option two is just post whatever the hell I want without any, any guilt or overthinking or oh my God, well, this doesn't tie to an offer and this doesn't make sense and no one's going to get it or your business and people are going to be confused about what you do. Like there's none of that. It's just posting whatever I want, whether that's my food, eating chicken tenders, or it's me posting a thirst trap because I've been working out more, or I'm actually going to share the top 10 best tips to host an amazing interview. It's going to be, again, a grab bag of delights. And that feels more expansive to me than trying to fit everything into a timeline for a launch all the time. I know, I know, business coaches around the world and launch strategists around the world are like, what is happening? Like, this girl needs to shut up because this might not work for everybody. And it won't work for everybody. And I think that's something that you have to start evaluating yourself of, well, what works for me? And here's the thing, it it might not actually work for you. Me sharing this is not like, hey, everyone, go try this for yourself. Me sharing this is for you to stop and audit what is working for you and what is not and what can you let go of. I actually heard from Derek Sivers, who is like one of my new main dream guests. He wrote this book called Anything You Want. Highly, highly recommend it. And he said on a podcast, I think it was actually, he said the word decide comes from the Latin root to cut off. So when you make a decision, you're like cutting something out or off. But I think a lot of us right now are not making strong decisions in our business. We're letting a lot of information come in and overwhelm us. And then we're trying to apply like 5% of each strategy we're learning to our business. And then it just causes this like glitch in the system and then nothing works. And then we're like, oh my God, I suck at business. I can't do this. I guess I'll just like stop. When in reality, it's like, hold on. Imagine a world, like I want you to truly imagine this, where it was just quiet. You didn't have 45 messages constantly hitting you in the face on Instagram. You weren't overwhelmed with the amount of email newsletters you were getting in your inbox. You had space to journal and write out your thoughts and experience life in a way that you haven't in a long time. You actually go to dinner and put your phone down and don't even realize it because you have incredible conversations with people. You're not getting bombarded with TikToks and new trending sounds and a way to use this sound and a way to use CapCut to make this video. And you're just like, hold on, what do I just not need or what do I not like doing? That's got to go number one, right? Like I don't need Facebook, so I don't post on Facebook and I don't have a Facebook group. I don't need TikTok. These are all nice to haves in my world that would enhance things, but I don't need it. I don't need Instagram. And this is something that's the biggest one and the hardest pill to swallow is because my my body feels like I need it. It's like, no, 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 you can't get off. You are going to lose people. You're going to lose touch with people. You're going to lose clients. You're going to blah, 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 all the stories we have in our head. And I had to look at the evidence of why that's not true. So that's got to be your first filter is like, what do I just not need and what I what do I not like doing? 
And then if I could pour my time into anything and cut those certain things out, what would it be? And I started to really look at like, how much was I scrolling on Instagram and TikTok and all these other things? And it's a lot. Like I'm addicted just like everyone else. I have a freaking app that blocks the the times off these things. Like I can't use it from nine to five, yet somehow I still scroll all the time. Yesterday I had like two free hours to myself. I'm like, oh, I could have finished my book. I could have started that TV series I've been wanting to watch. I could have written the book that I want to write. And what did I do? I just scrolled on TikTok. And here's the thing, TikTok is fucking funny and I love it. But it also was like, I don't need to be scrolling for two hours a day on TikTok. That's 14 hours that I could be doing anything else. (laughs) So when I thought about, okay, well, what if you just deleted those apps off your phone and you didn't even have the pressure that you might come back? You're just like, I'm just deleting them and seeing what's happening. We don't need to call it a big departure. We don't need to announce that we're leaving. You can just have the the knowing that you are going to get off and maybe come back. And that just felt like a deep exhale my human design surprise and delight I was like that actually feels surprisingly delightful and I think I would write better I think I would have better podcast episodes I think I have better conversations with people on interviews and so that's where I'm at I'm either going to delete Instagram for a month or just post whatever the hell I want and definitely not put any pressure on myself to grow on any other platforms now you definitely need to stay tuned for an episode i'm going to do about influencer versus coach and where there's overlap and what you want to focus on because i think another thing that i realize is we're all putting way too much emphasis on growth on these certain platforms which i understand we're like oh growth equals more clients but again ask yourself why do you want to grow the second thing is numbers really only matter if you're trying to partner with an advertiser so if you're like I'm just trying to sign three new one-on-one clients at my new rates of 5K and you're posting on Instagram 24-7 to try to grow and hit like 10,000 followers. It's like, do you know that works for you? If yes, then 100% do it. A great example is actually my health coach that I just started working with. I found her on the Explore page. I've been stalking her now for like four months, constantly look at her stories, constantly look at her carousels. She has great tips and education. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to fill out an application and now we're working together. So she's someone that will listen to this podcast and be like, no, I like I'm going to keep pouring my heart and soul into Instagram. And maybe she doesn't need a newsletter or TikTok or a podcast. She's like, no, I'm focusing all my energy on Instagram. So that's what I mean is like focus where you need to focus. But if we're like focusing so much on hitting 10,000 followers, it's like, but why do you need to hit 10,000 followers if you're just trying to sign three new high ticket clients? Maybe you just need to reach out to people that have come to your workshops before personally. Maybe you need to send an email newsletter. Maybe you need to put out a podcast to tell people that you actually have one-on-one spots open. Basically, audit your time. And you know what's interesting too, this is actually hitting me right now as I record, is I know as a reflector too, something that works really well for me in business is evaluating things that are already built. And Chani, shout out, one of my favorite astrologers, I have her app, I'm a Virgo moon and rising and an Aquarius sun. And I remember something in the app, I can't remember which placement I have, says that I do best with auditing or evaluating things that are already built versus building things from scratch all the time. So I think that's what's interesting is why I'm having all these like downloads and insights now is because I'm evaluating the structures that I've already built where I didn't really have this insight three years ago when I started my business because I had nothing to evaluate. Now, this also started to play out well too in my business where I'm like, I'm starting to realize I work best with people that have businesses already or more established businesses or have podcasts already that we're just refining. So I started to put out energetically kind of a call to bring in people that already were well established in their business where they already knew how to attract clients and bring them in and now we're just kind of vamping things up with the podcast or i can help them and say okay you're here in your business and you want to be here here's how podcast content can help and free up some time to do these things xyz and happy to announce again i attracted several of those people when i thought about that the human design And again, my astrology really gave me that reassurance that like, yes, this does work well. And I have evidence that it works because of all the feedback I get from my clients, from testimonials, from people that DM me. That was an amazing session. I love how your brain works. Wow. I've never seen things be worked out this way. I'm like, okay, then this is working. Why would I fix it? Why would I want to start doing all these things that all these other coaches are doing if it doesn't work for me? 
For example, right now, if I was working with a business coach, I would honestly think that they would tell me to start like a 12 month mastermind, have a self-paced course, have a live course, have a monthly membership model, like have all these offers everywhere or just have like two core offers. And I'm like, okay, but again, doesn't always work for me. I change my mind all the time. I am a new video game character every single month. I want to be able to have flexibility to throw in a workshop or do a really fun collaboration with someone or take a month off and not do anything. This is why I want to talk about support for a second. As a reflector, we have to sample people's auras all the time and like really, again, talk things through and make decisions. This is where my business operations godmother came in serene and became that sounding board for me where I was like, hold on, let me run through this. Let's talk through this. Can you help me with this? And she's really like the numbers and structural person of my business right now. But what I love about working with her is she doesn't push me to say, well, if you want to make this amount of money, you should be doing X, Y, and Z. She actually pushes me to be the opposite. She's like, wait, you said you take Fridays off. Why do you have two calls on your calendar? Or wait, you said you were taking the month off of August to explore Europe. Why do I see that you want to launch a program in the middle of that? She has done such a good job of calling me out in that way and reflecting, interestingly enough, back to me that I am not living in the alignment that I say I want to live in. So having someone like that, it could just be like a fucking bomb assistant, cool VA, a person that helps you five hours a week, just someone or a membership, like I said, strategic intuition circles inside Pretty Decent. The North Node with Holisticism helped me a ton last year. There are so many online communities that aren't even memberships. It could just be like a Slack channel, a group of five people that are in the same boat as you, but something that you have a sounding board to mull things over with, I think is so, so helpful. So I don't think without Serene and all these communities I'm in that I would have been able to be so confident in this decision that I'm making or in the way that I'm now approaching things or the way that I'm looking at my life. Because just like everyone else, like I do have a little bit of guilt sometimes. Of like, how how do you think you're just going to take a month off? Like you're not even five years in a business. You don't make a million dollars. Like who are you to just start operating this way? And I'm like, who am I not to, right? If I'm living in dream world, Chelsea, planet Chelsea, why would I not take the month off of August to explore if I have the means to do that? Why wouldn't I take Fridays off if I have the means to do that? No one's watching me. I'm my own boss. I get to make the decisions. And so I had to really start embodying that person and be like, yeah, then you need to start making those decisions and acting on them and following through with them. It's fun to say you're going to take Fridays off. It's actually embodying it when you take Fridays off. It's cool to say you're going to take the month of August off. It's a different thing when you can actually execute and set up the systems and follow your trust that you could take the month of August off. This is where archetype embodiment came in. And I'm sure a lot of you saw this transformation when I dyed my hair brown where I'm like, okay, if you're going to be this type of person, you need to act like this. And that caused me to make some like physical, emotional, and mental changes, which I'll talk about in the upcoming solo episodes. I feel like I've been rambling. Like, to be honest, I feel like I just had a full stream of consciousness episode. I'm like, hopefully that landed and made sense. (laughs) Essentially, I just needed a break to slow down and think. And within that break, I was able to come up with some really solid decisions for myself. And here's the thing. I'm not married to them. I could end up being like, you know what? I love writing. I am going to do a weekly newsletter. I'm going to put three episodes out a week. I'm going to do that and just see what happens. I'm here to experiment with life. I'm here to test what works and what doesn't. And for right now, those decisions I made feel good for me. And that's kind of my North Star right now is like, does this feel good? Does this feel exciting? Because I know that that energy will bake into the content that I put out and you guys will be able to feel it. By the way, the reason I know a lot about astrology and human design, I actually wouldn't even say a lot, but that I like am using it so much is because it became fascinating to me about three or four years ago. And I just slowly took in content. I started subscribing to more astrology newsletters and reading more posts on people's blogs and following astrologers on Instagram, booking readings with people, downloading the Chani app, reading articles about it. Same thing with human design, like listening to human design podcasts, getting readings with people, joining workshops that talked about how reflectors can set up their day. This wasn't just like a quick glance at my human design chart and thinking like, ooh, let me give this a shot. This is truly years of like ingesting information and applying what works and leaving what doesn't. 
And it really started to shine for me that this was important to integrate into my business and start making decisions looking at the planetary transits, my human design, how I'm meant to live, what feels good to me. And that's really, I think, what has caused me to finally book a fucking studio and get recording. (laughs) So shout out to my human design. Literally, that's actually the name of the app that I use, my human design. Shout out to Chani, C-H-A-N-I. That's the astrology app that I use. And shout out to all the incredible readers and clients and communities and people I'm part of. The North Node, Pretty Decent, Remote Year, Alice Sparkly Cat. Oh my God, her horoscopes are fucking incredible. She sends a monthly newsletter and her monthly newsletters, I immediately open because they are so bomb. She was a huge inspiration for moving to a monthly newsletter as well. So yeah, I will definitely link some of these resources and DM me. You know what? Actually, maybe email me if you want to get those resources, because if I end up deleting my Instagram for a month, then obviously I wouldn't be able to get back to for a month. So maybe email me info at chelsearipe.com if you want more info on what the resources that I use. But I highly recommend not trying to fix this all or audit and do all this in like three days. I think I used to do this. I would listen to a podcast and get really inspired and be like, Woo, I'm going to change my entire business model and everything I do and the way I operate my entire life in like a whole weekend. And it's like, no, this is years in the making. This is not a quick decision that was made. This is constantly evaluating what what's working, what doesn't again. So just a quick reminder. And thank you again if you are a listener and you're like, where have Chelsea's episodes been? And now you're excited they're back. Thank you. I am very grateful that, again, I have a community of listeners and clients and people that understand that I'm also a digital nomad and like my life is very unconventional and so I don't always get to follow the very traditional societal structures that a lot of businesses follow and so I just appreciate that you all have not only given me the space to process things but you don't push back on me or make me feel bad or make me feel guilty for not being like a content output machine and letting me honor my process and myself and go through the very real human emotions that I go through as an entrepreneur, which are self-doubt and comparison and perfectionism, overwhelmed and stressed and like, what the hell am I doing? Should I just get a normal job? I go through all that too, even now with a booked out roster and a very stable monthly income. It's like, I still go through that. I'm not immune to these feelings. So again, thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it so much. And you know what to do. If you love this podcast, if you love this episode, please go leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Let me know what was your favorite part. And for this month, I have a really exciting giveaway. The first three people to leave a review starting from this episode. So I will be able to see from the next three reviews that come in. Those first three people are going to get my Pitch Yourself as a Guest Mastermind replay. So this is what I taught my one-on-one clients in one of our mastermind calls was how to pitch yourself for a podcast. I've had two people already say that they've landed themselves on like dream podcasts that they're like, holy shit, I didn't think I was going to be able to be a guest on here. And it's all about the magic of copywriting and knowing how to pitch people and doing the proper research. And it's how I've gotten myself on some amazing podcasts. It's how I've been able to connect with other podcasters and have those people hire me and work with me. It really is such a game changer when you can get on people's podcasts. And so I want to be able to teach you that. So again, all you have to do is leave a review, send a screenshot into info at chelsearife.com. By the way, this is for written reviews on Apple Podcasts. Spotify doesn't do them for some reason. So yeah, leave it on Apple Podcasts. Send it to info at chelsearife.com. Those first three people that hit my inbox, you will get this mastermind replay. You'll get all the templates. You'll get the pitch templates. You'll understand how to pitch yourself as a guest on other podcasts and hopefully start seeing your visibility and income increase while also more free time on your calendar because you know that's what I'm all about now, free time on the calendar. All right, y'all. Wow. I have so many more solos coming out. I cannot wait for you to hear them. Thank you so much for listening. And that's a wrap. 